0: What is up Divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host Brandon Gabor and before we get started remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football and as always check out the website deepdivefantasyfootball.com which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said let's get to the content. What's up Divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today we are obviously going over the Miami Dolphins down on South Beach and we're going to talk about the personnel changes, the trends, all the players, who I think is going to do good, why I think they're going to do good, who I think is going to do bad, why I think they're going to do bad. And I think there's a lot of good key talking points for this team. I'm excited to get into it. We're going to start As always, with the personnel changes, they added a lot of weapons, and it started with Jalen Waddell in the NFL Draft in the first round, wide receiver out of Alabama. They also drafted Hunter Long, a tight end, in I believe the third round. They drafted Garrett Dokes, a nice little running back sleeper if you're going 0RB, which we do not support here on Deep Dive Fantasy Football, but also for Dynasty Drafts. He's a great stash. Put him in your taxi squad. And they also drafted guys to help their defense in the first and second rounds with edge Jalen Phillips and safety Javon Holland. They even added Will Fuller in free agency and added Eric Flowers to the offensive line via free agency. Preston Williams, who was on the team last year, is now back fully healthy. So they should have a huge, huge offensive improvement in what they needed most. Separation. I've said it once. I'll say it again. Where did Tua come from? He came from Alabama. And what was Tua working with? Four first-round wide receivers that all were experts in college in separation. Henry Ruggs and Jalen Waddle were experts in separation via speed. Jerry Judy and Devonta Smith were experts in separation via route running. So he's always had open guys to throw the ball to. And a lot of his yardage, near half of his yardage, I actually believe it was like 60% of his yardage in college came with the receivers piling that yardage up after the catch, and only about 40% of his yardage, if I'm not mistaken, was actual air yards that he threw himself. So he knows how to throw to those guys. That's what he's used to, and that is the exact opposite of what Miami was last year. It was not that type of environment. You had Mike Gesicki, a 50-50 ball guy that creates... No separation. Devontae Parker, who creates no separation. Preston Williams for a couple games before he was hurt, and he also creates no separation. They did not have the offensive skill pieces that they needed to make Tua Tagovailoa successful. So we've got a huge turnover here on the offense. And the defense, with that first and second rounder that we talked about, their defense probably is going to get better, but it probably will be around the same type of impact because they were the 4th ranked defense in fantasy last year and they're a pretty good defense at getting turnovers and even scoring. So it's hard to see them, you know, having a huge impact defensively by getting better in terms of projections and how it affects projections. So now let's get into the trends. Last year, they passed the ball 57% of the time, so obviously they ran 43% of the time. Looking at PFF's rankings, they have the 28th ranked defensive line and the 10th ranked secondary going into this year and like I said they were the fourth defense in fantasy last year they also have a slightly below average linebacker group still waiting on that article from PFF but just from what I know about the linebackers around the league I would say their linebacker core is slightly below average overall though this year projecting forward I see 57 43 their pass run ratio as a pretty stable number to work with especially because of the additions to the passing game. Brian Flores is a head co- is their head coach, and he is a defensive-minded guy. Usually, these head coaches try to run the ball as much as they can. So if their defense was getting better, you might want to fudge the numbers and let them run a little bit more. But all of the moves they made, adding Jalen Waddle, Will Fuller, Hunter Long, adding Eric Flowers to the offensive line, Preston Williams coming back, all of this makes me think there's no way they're going to pass less than they did last year, at least ratio-wise. Now, what about the total plays? Last year, they had 987 total plays. I expect more with an offense that should be able to stay on the field more. Now, not by a crazy amount, but over 17 games this year, I am projecting 1,061 plays. That comes out to 604 passes and 456 runs. So now, with that said, we're going to get into the players. And as always, we're starting with the quarterback position, Tua Tagovailoa. 604 passes to work off of let's knock his rushing out of the way real quick he had a hundred rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns in nine games last year this year i haven't projected for 180 yards remember 17 games and four touchdowns so three touchdowns in nine games that's at least five touchdowns in 17 i'm knocking it down a little bit putting it at four touchdowns I think that's a pretty fair projection nothing too complicated don't overthink it Now let's move over to the passing game. He should see, in my opinion, for a multitude of reasons, which we'll talk about, huge, huge improvements in efficiency and his overall perception because people love this man. They loved Tua. Absolutely loved him. So many people were like, Joe Burrow, Tua is the number one quarterback in this class. And then in nine games, just nine games, half of an NFL season, Everyone made a declaration that he sucks. Now, obviously, not everybody. A lot of people still believe in him. But so many of the people that were all over Tua just cast him to the wayside. And he now has separators. And that's a huge X factor because Waddle, first off, he played with him in college and has a great rapport with him. Fuller, who's shown to be a very good deep threat and help quarterbacks immensely and is a very efficient receiver, which we'll talk about. I think those two alone are a huge improvement for Tua in his passing game, but I think there's something even more important. Even if they added no pieces, I think he would be way better this year. Maybe not way better, but definitely better, because going into his second year, and it's something that is not always going to be true for quarterbacks going into their second year, this improvement we're going to talk about, but it's very true for Tua. He is going to be able to do more, and here's why. I'm going to, instead of taking the credit and speaking it myself, I'm going to let Brett Coleman tell you himself on the You Better, You Bet podcast from Twitter. I found this video, and you can check my Twitter. I'll share it. But just listen to what he has to say. He's a beat reporter, I believe, for the Miami Dolphins.
1: You know, the, the Dolphins can't say this. Um, And I actually, after that, after I tweeted about that quote, I kind of reached out to my people in the Dolphins and they will never come out and say this. But that quote from Tua about, um, you know, oh, I didn't know the playbook very well. He was jumping on a grenade for the coaching staff. Uh, From what I have heard, he knew what he was doing. He just wasn't allowed to change plays. He didn't have the same freedom to do it that Fitzpatrick did. Not that he didn't know what to do. He just didn't have the freedom to do it. And then in year two, those handcuffs are off, and he's allowed to kind of do whatever he wants in the line of scrimmage. Because remember, in Alabama, he was actually really good at the line of scrimmage. That, that was not a weakness with him at all. He's a really smart kid. So, again, he, you could kind of see him almost, Change direction in the middle of that presser and realize like, ah, I, I can't throw Chan Gailey under the bus here. Let me jump on this grenade for him. And he did, because he's Tua. That's just the kind of guy he is. But from what I've heard from people in that organization, it was not a Tua issue. It was the fact that the coaching staff wouldn't let him change the plays.
0: Boom. And there it is. Tell me that that is not some great insight right there. I loved hearing that, and I said I have to include this on my podcast just to give the guy... The credit he is due, he is at Brett, B-R-E-T-T, Coleman, K-O-L-L-M-A-N-N on Twitter, so you can check him out, and it's the You Better You Bet podcast, and that's actually the at as well on Twitter, it's You Better You Bet, so with that said, what are some things that I, I really liked hearing in there? Well, there's two huge ones, one, Tua's jumping on a grenade, as he put it so kindly, and so kindly to Tua's personality, because he's an amazing person, and I always find myself rooting for people like this, and it seems like success generally follows people like this as well. If he's going to go into a presser and just take all of that blame, when if I was Tua, are you you kidding me? If I was Tua, and I knew how to change a play for the better, and I wasn't allowed to do it, that would frustrate me to no end. He has more control now, and that's going to be a huge a huge difference. I mean, just think about it this way. And and I'll use myself as an example. I used to play basketball in high school. I was a point guard. If I came up to a defense and I saw they were running a 2-3 defense, two defenders at the top, three at the baseline. And my coach was telling me to call motion. Motion is a offensive play call that you call against a man defense. If he's telling me to call motion, and I read the defense, and it's in zone, and I'm not allowed to change the play call to a zone play, and I still have to run motion, I would be so mad. And if I had to do that for half of a season, and I knew that I could make our offense better by changing the calls, but I just had to listen because that's what the coach wanted me to do, and he felt like he didn't want to put too much on my plate, that would drive me crazy. And that's basically what happened to Tua. And for all of you that played sports, just think about that. That's what Tua was going through his rookie season. I think that's very important. And it also helps show the distinction between him and Fitzpatrick because Fitzpatrick didn't have that problem. And a lot of people like to say, hey, part of the reason we no longer believe in Tua to the degree that we once did before he entered the field is because Fitzpatrick was really good in the exact same offense, at least with the same pieces and the same coaching staff. So why is Tua struggling? Well, that's why right there. Because Fitz could change the plays and Tua could not. So now he's able to change plays and he's got weapons to do it. I really think we're going to see a huge jump for him. Last year's efficiency was 64% completion rate, 9.8 yards per completion, and a 3.8% touchdown rate. Waddle is a huge yak threat. That's yards after catch. And he's got a deep threat ability and he has elite speed. Plus, you add Will Fuller, who's also got deep threat ability. And those two people alone are going to massively increase the yards per completion for Tua from 9.8 in my projections to 11.3. My projection being 11.3. And my touchdown rate is going from 3.8 to 4.4. He's got some explosion in that offense. People that are going to be able to take some of his passes to the house now more often. So his touchdown rate should go up and I'm projecting the exact same completion percentage at 64%. He's a decent buy in Dynasty right now. It depends on who has him. If the person who has him is one of those people that is not too much of a believer anymore, and they haven't already traded him away, then I would be looking to target him because he's probably a top 16 quarterback for me in Dynasty. I'll have to redo my Dynasty rankings once I'm done with all my projections, or maybe I'll throw in a, a Dynasty ranking podcast in the middle of these projections. Who knows? But I would say he's probably in that area, that QB 12 to QB 18 area, and I know some people don't value him that highly, so I think he's a pretty decent buy. Now let's move to the running back position. We'll talk about Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin played in 10 games and accumulated 142 carries. That's 14.2 carries per game. But if you take out weeks one and two, because in weeks one and two Miles Gaskin was not established, he was not their dude. They were given carries to Jordan Howard and Matt Breda. Both of those guys are getting good work. You take out those first two weeks, and Gaskin's average goes to 14.8 carries per game, so just about 15. That's a pretty good workload. We also never got to see Salvin Ahmed and Miles Gaskin together, except in week 17. But in week 17, the Dolphins didn't run much, so Ahmed and Gaskin, I don't even think, combined for 15 carries together. So it's pretty interesting because. When Ahmed was playing and Gaskin was out, he was really good and he was the clear RB1 for them. And then when Gaskin was ever healthy, he was the clear RB1. So with that said, I think Gaskin is going to be their clear-cut number one guy. Ahmed will be a pretty good handcuffed and zero RB type of guy who will give you some points here and there especially in like really really deep leagues I think he'll be a pretty decent option and if Gaskin goes down you already know Ahmed will take a huge volume workload so that's really good and the offense would be better but let's go back to Gaskin he's the number one but knowing by how much he is the number one is what is what makes it tough to project him because like I said him and Ahmed have not played together except in one week so I don't have any basis to say hey Gaskin's going to get this percentage of the carries, and Ahmed's going to get this uh, percentage of the carries. And they also drafted Jared Doakes and added Malcolm Brown in free agency. I think both of these guys are going to take a little bit of work, not much, but a little bit of carry here and there. Hopefully not in the red zone, but I'm assuming that's where it will be because of Doakes' size and strength, and Malcolm Brown also. I think there was a report that I saw a while back about him possibly being able to take some red zone carries. So, my carry share for Miles Gaskin is 55%, just over half of the carries to the running back position. It's safe, and I also think it's pretty fitting considering the fact that they made two additions to the running back room, and Ahmed was also really good when he played. Then I'm giving 35% to Ahmed, and then 10% to Dokes and Brown, probably in the red zone. So, that will give Miles Gaskin 213 carries. So, now we have to move to his efficiency. His efficiency will absolutely. Absolutely jump this year in year two because they've got exceptional deep threats at wide receiver and two is able to run the offense how it should be ran. Last year, Miles Gaskin had a 4.1 yards per carry. I'm projecting 4.4 this year. And I think it's very possible he's an even bigger improvement, especially with lower volume because he's going to be fresh all the time. So a 4.7 yards per carry would not surprise me, but I'm going to keep it at 4.4. I've got the Dolphins rush touchdowns going up with a better offense, more red zone opportunities. 18 total is what I got them for in the rush game, but it's not to the running back position. It's rushing total. Remember, we have Tua at four rushing touchdowns, so that leaves four, 14 excuse me, touchdowns to the running back position, and I think it's fair to give Gaskin, if he's getting half the carries, give him half the touchdowns. So I'm giving him seven touchdowns on the ground. Seems just perfect to me. He's not somebody with a huge touchdown ceiling. You know, he had three rushing touchdowns last year in 10 games. So he's not a huge touchdown ceiling guy. And that might make you think, well, okay, if he had three and 10, then a 20 game season should only give him six. Why am I giving him seven? Like I said, I think their running back or their rushing game is going to be a lot better and more productive. And they're going to have a better offense that gives more scoring opportunities. So that's a big reason why there. He had a 13% target share. He was very, very productive. One of the most efficient receiving running backs in the league i actually haven't obviously charted everybody because we're going team by team but i wouldn't be surprised if he is the most efficient he's the most efficient that i've charted so far he had a super high efficiency of 87 percent catch rate among the best but get this with a 9.5 yards per reception when you're getting the guys above 85 percent catch rate at running backs it's usually below eight yards per reception or like at least below nine. So a nine point five and an eighty seven percent is pretty insane. And I'm projecting a eleven percent target share down from thirteen because I think the wide receivers as a whole are gonna get more focus and the running back room in general is just gonna lose a few targets every game. I've got him for three receiving touchdowns, and that puts him in the firm RB two range. We'll talk about exactly where in a little bit. Now let's move to the receivers. And it's a very interesting conversation. I put a tool a poll out on Twitter and I said which wide receiver do you guys think is going to get the most targets in this offense because a case could be made I think for two but some people like to make a case for the third so between Devontae Parker Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller I need you to just think real quick who do you think is the number one I'll tell you who I think the number one is and I'll give you the poll results. It was a pretty good question because Will Fuller is in last place at 30% of the votes. Jalen Waddell is in second at 31% of the votes. And Devonte Parker leads the poll at 32%. So we've got 30, 31, and 32%. The other 7% answered, what do the people think? They wanted to know they didn't have their own opinion. They wanted to know what everyone voted. So it's safe to say, and that's with over 300 votes so far, it's safe to say that Nobody really knows, but I'm feeling pretty convicted on who my guy is, and it's not Devontae Parker, and he's who we're going to start with. 21% target share last year. He played better with Ryan Fitzpatrick for fantasy than he did with Tua, and it makes sense because he's a jump ball type wide receiver with little separation, and when I say little separation, I'm not exaggerating or falling a fool to some narrative. He is outside the top 100 wide receivers in separation on targeted balls, and he's outside the top 100 wide receivers in cushion. There is 32 teams in the NFL. If you give three wide receivers to each team, that's 96 wide receivers. That means that Devontae Parker is not even worth a wide receiver three on an NFL team in terms of separation or cushion. That is atrocious. Now, he is a very good jump ball receiver. I'm not trying to Dog the man. I actually like Devontae Parker. Not as much for fantasy, just you know, for the player that he is. I appreciate him. I like his skill set. But he's not the type of person that Tua likes to target. He's not a separator. And now there's a whole bunch that Tua can go to. Fitz, on the other hand, he loves the jump ball guys. He loved himself. Some Mike Evans. And Chris Godwin, give him some credit. He's actually a pretty good jump ball wide receiver as well. And Fitz has no care in the world. That's why his turnovers are high. He just lets it fly. And you guys have heard this on the Washington podcast, if you've listened to that one, because obviously we've talked about Fitz before, so I don't want to get too much into him. But I'm dropping Devontae Parker's target share from 21% last year to 16% this year. Devontae Parker was the only wide receiver worth throwing the ball to last year, and he only had a 21% target share. That's not promising because... Their other starting receivers were supposed to be Preston Williams and Albert Wilson. Both of those guys, I think Albert Wilson opted out because of COVID. And then Preston Williams went down within a couple weeks. So they lost two of their three starting receivers and Devontae Parker didn't even dominate the targets. So that's pretty concerning. And I think it would be kind of ridiculous to assume that Devontae Parker is going to actually lead. So, I mean, I know ridiculous is a pretty harsh word. So if you're somebody that voted on the Devontae Parker side... I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I just, I don't see it. I don't see how that can happen. I'm not sure how Parker could out-target everybody else. And if it does, that means that the ball's, if he does, that means the ball's being spread around so much that nobody's even above like a 17% target share. And that's also super unlikely. You pretty you pretty much never see that on an NFL team. So putting him at 16% target share, there's going to be a new number one in town. And let's talk about his efficiency. That's really hard to project. Tua's been working with him and he's not really less accurate than Fitzpatrick so it's kind of hard to say you know is Devontae Parker going to be better now that there's good weapons around him is he going to be worse How, how's this going to work and I don't want to get too crazy and too speculatory so instead of doing that I'm just going to go with his average efficiency for the most part now let's talk about the wide receiver one for the Dolphins Jalen Waddle baby many people seem to prefer Fuller and Redraft and I disagree A lot of the fantasy pros experts actually also think Will Fuller will outproduce Jalen Waddle. One, you cannot count on Fuller's health, and you guys know I don't project injury. I think that's foolish, and it completely stops and prevents you from having an equal playing field when doing projections. So I'm not going to project injury, but Fuller, I don't think has ever played a entire season. So just drafting him as the number one, I think, is already not a good look because of that, and. Let's also talk about the type of receivers that they are. With Waddle in tow, and Devontae Parker being the type of receiver he is, Will Fuller's probably going to be exclusively, almost, a deep threat. Now, is he going to do other stuff? Yeah, they're going to have him switch it up. But he is going to probably run the most deep routes out of all of them. And Tua doesn't have, like, a crazy big arm. He's got an accurate arm, and Will Fuller gets open quickly. So I do think Will Fuller's going to have a very good year, in fact. But I don't see him being the number one because... Waddle can do a little bit of everything. Waddle can take anything to the house. And Waddle not only is very fast, faster than Will Fuller, but he also runs pretty decent routes, probably better than Will Fuller. In the route, uh, in the route category, category, I don't know, I couldn't think of that word. I expect him to be of the higher volume type. Waddle's going to get screens. He's going to get slants. He's going to get curls. The occasional nine routes should be in his arsenal. The nine route is the deep ball. He's a quick impact player because of his speed and his yards after catch ability, and he already has the chemistry with Tua, and that is a huge factor in me deciding who the wide receiver one is going to be. Will Fuller, he does not have any chemistry with Tua. Devontae Parker has nine games worth of chemistry with Tua. Jalen Waddle has seasons worth of chemistry with Tua, and off-seasons worth of chemistry with Tua. And like I said, he's the most well-rounded. So I have him leading in targets for this team and in target share because those go hand in hand at just under 20%. I have him at 19.5% to lead the team. He probably also gets some carries here and there and breaks a couple for a bunch of yardage. So I'm spotting him 120 rushing yards and a touchdown. Tua's favorite target is going to pull in, talking about Waddle, seven touchdowns in the passing game per my projection. And once again we have efficiency being tough to project because we've got a rookie wide receiver coming in and we don't know exactly how he's going to be used. He could be a 16 yards per reception guy or a 12 yards per reception guy, but I think as long as I make the catch rate in my projection, match the yards per reception, it shouldn't affect the total fantasy points too much. I'll give you an example. I have him projected for a 60% catch rate and 13.5% yards per rece- or 13.5 yards per reception. Now, if I was kind of feeling like he's going to be more in the 16 range, his catch rate would probably be more down by like 56%. And if I thought he's going to be more at 12, then his catch rate would be up at like 64%. So really, it's actually not making too big of an impact on the overall fantasy output. It would just change on like how accurate I am in the specific categories of receptions and yardage. But anyways, with that said, that's what I have him at. And I think he's going to be used all over the field. Will Fuller is the last receiver to talk about, and remember he suspended one game, so he will be the, I think, only person this season that if you look at my draft sheets, it looks like his ranking makes no sense because the thing I have highlighted in the rankings is points per game. And so his points per game are gonna be higher than the people he's around because he's missing a game, but I ranked him by total points. So that's why he's gonna look a little bit different, a little off in draft sheets. But remember, with that one game, being thrown out that's going to kind of hurt him in terms of total targets so my target share that I'm projecting for is 16.5% just over Devontae Parker but I think he has less targets than Devontae Parker because he's missing a game in my projections let me check yeah he does he has three targets less than Devontae Parker I think he's going to be utilized as a deep threat but here's something that's crazy to me Will Fuller is a very good receiver the last three years Remember, a deep threat guy, somebody who's averaging a lot of yards per catch. The last three years, Will Fuller's worst catch rate was 69%. That's really, really high for a wide receiver. 69%, you're not even finding that for probably like 10 receivers in the league. You probably can't even find like in the 70s. Michael Thomas was one of the few. I think Edelman was one of the few when he was with uh, Brady for a couple years. So you usually don't see high catch rates like that. And the worst one Fuller has had is 69%. That's amazing. And it's even more amazing because he averages 15.3 yards per reception over the last three seasons. Oh, and Justin Jefferson, I think had a 70% catch rate too. So, and Corey Davis. I just remembered Corey Davis as well. So that's like four, four or five, but the the point still stands. He has been very efficient. Now, Tua is no Deshaun Watson, so I do think the efficiency is going to drop, and with that said, I have him at about, I think it's like 65% catch rate, I didn't write that down, but it's about 65% catch rate, and a little bit less yards per reception, because they also have Waddle to function there as a deep threat as well. When he's healthy though, he will be a decent fantasy option with a good ceiling week to week. But it's Will Fuller. Guys, you know he has an unstable floor. He can give you three points on any given week, even when he's fully healthy. So it's a risky play, but I do think when it's all said and done, if him and Devontae Parker played the same amount of games, that Will Fuller would score more fantasy points. But before we get to that, before we get to the fantasy projections and the total statistical projections, we got to talk about the last person, which is Mike Gesicki, which some people seem to believe could also be the person who leads this team in targets. Let's talk about Mike Gesicki for a second. He's got great hands. There's no denying that. Very good hands. Very good 50-50 guy. Makes some highlight catches. Probably had one of the best catches of the year last year. But this man also creates no separation. And he had a good target share last year. I'll give him that. But we got to consider the context. Him and Devontae Parker, they were the only legitimate threats. Preston Williams was out like we talked about. So was Albert Wilson. So their other options outside of Devontae Parker and Mike Gesicki himself were wide receiver for us at best on other NFL teams. Their second was receiver, their leading receiver, or their second leading receiver was Jakeem Grant. And I actually like Jakeem Grant. I think he's a little bit underrated, but by no means should he ever be the second targeted wide receiver on a team. And that was the case last year. Now, with Fuller and Waddle in the house and Preston Williams back healthy, and also, them drafting Hunter Long in the third round, a tight end who's pretty decent receiver himself. None of those moves show faith in Gasicki. None of those moves say, hey, Mike Gasicki, you're going to be part of our offense. You're going to be a key cog in this offense. None of those things say that to me. And last year, his target share was 16%. I'm dropping it to 14%. I wouldn't be surprised if it dropped to 11%, but I'm putting it at 14%. That's probably really generous, as I said. And I'm keeping his efficiency in the same ballpark. You could bump it a little bit because of all the threats around him. He's another late tight end. Guess what? I'm not crazy about. Irv Smith, we've kind of debunked him. Cole Komet. We haven't necessarily debunked him because it's possible he does really good, but it would be at the expense of a Darnell Mooney or a Tariq Cohen, one of them. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out if Cole Komet does end up doing something. But he hasn't been a very efficient tight end. So a lot of these late tight ends, we're starting to see, hey, this is why... Every year, we feel like, oh, this year has the sleeper tight ends, and it's not the case. And I'm just here to confirm that that's pretty much the deal this year as well, because we've gone over a lot of them, and it's not looking good. So with that said, let's start into the projections. Two Otago-Vailoa, 604 passes, as we've mentioned, or sorry, 387 completions, 4,368 yards, and 27 touchdowns. 68 rushes for 180 rushing yards and 4 rushing touchdowns. That puts him at 19 points per game. That's just above Ryan Fitzpatrick and Joe Burrow. So I actually think that, hey, Tua, and he's not coming off an injury like Burrow is, so he's probably less risky because they don't have anybody that they would ever throw in over Tua either. So not that that's the case with Joe Burrow, but I know that was the case last year with Tua, but that's no longer a worry. So I would take, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I would take Tua in a redraft over Joe Burrow. Now, who has the higher ceiling? Well, I actually think that's about the same as well. But who has the higher ceiling for Dynasty? I'll probably say Joe Burrow, but given the state of their offensive line right now, and yes, a lot of people like to say the Dolphins offense offensive line is not great. I don't really know. I feel like that's overblown as well. They've made a lot of moves and I think a lot of the moves have been very good. Recently, they've definitely improved their O-line over the last 2 years immensely. So, I don't see why everyone's like crapping on their O line, but hey, it is what it is, right? Tua, I think is going to be very good, super solid quarterback too. Jalen Waddle, 118 targets to lead the team. I'll I'll go with all three receivers all together so we can kind of get a better visual, or you can get a better visual. Jalen Waddle, I have 118 targets. Devonte Parker at 97 and Will Fuller at 94. But remember, Fuller's missing a game. So once he's back healthy, I think he'll out-target Devontae Parker. Jalen Waddle I have at 71 receptions. Devontae Parker I have at 57. He's not a very efficient guy in the catch rate. And Will Fuller at 65. Then I have yardage, Jalen Waddle, 954. So that whole projection for Jalen Waddle is 118 targets, 71 receptions, 954 yards, and 7 touchdowns. Devontae Parker I have at 753 yards and five touchdowns will fuller I have at 921 yards and four touchdowns so Devonte parker he has will fuller on the targets because of the game he's missing and one touchdown extra but will fuller's got him by receptions and yardage because he's much more efficient to become the wide receiver too Waddle do i have projected at 13 points per game that is between deontay johnson and Adam Thielen, if you want to get a good visual there. Will Fuller I have at 11.3. That's right under Adam Thielen. Devontae Parker at 9.5. That's right above Darnell Mooney. Mike Sicky, I have him at 85 targets, 54 receptions, 639 yards, and 7 touchdowns. That's between Logan Thomas and Anthony Ferkser. And then lastly, Miles Gaskin. He is tied. He is tied with Joe Mixon. But I would rather have Joe Mixon because Joe Mixon has a higher ceiling than Gaskin does. But Gaskin's at 15.3 points per game. He's above Miles Sanders. He's above Mike Davis. He's above David Montgomery. So I like Gaskin a lot. I think he's going to be pretty good. This year, he's going to be a good value in drafts. So unless Salvin Ahmed just takes over, Gaskin will be pretty good. And honestly... Given the price of the two of them, if you draft Gaskin, you could easily get Ahmed as a handcuff and possible flex play in deeper leagues later on in the draft. So with that said, that's the Dolphins. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Tried to uh, give you a little bit of extra insight because I found something super interesting here. Hope you guys have a good one. Drop a rating, drop a review if you have not already, even if you have and you want to give me a fresh updated one. That's also much appreciated. Have a good one, guys. Keep rocking and rolling, diving deep, into the stats, into the takes. Peace.